the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Josh Pick is the Chief Investment Advisor with Aptus Wealth Management, a state-registered investment advisory firm. This program is sponsored by Aptus Wealth Management. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals to see if any ideas expressed would fit their specific situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Securities can fluctuate and when redeemed may be more or less than when originally invested. Welcome to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. Every week, Josh will teach you ways to help manage, risk, and protect your retirement income in the new economy. The primary focus at Aptus Wealth is to provide flexible planning strategies that can efficiently achieve your long-term retirement goals. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. And before we get into the show, Josh, I just wanted to let everyone know that not only can they hear your show right now every Saturday, but you are going to be joining Bruce Hooley every Monday at six o'clock. That's correct. And Bruce, uh, you know, everybody in Columbus kind of knows Bruce's name and he's big in the sports world, but now he's taking over the evening drive spot on uh, 98.9 The Answer. So excited to have that 10 to 15 minute segment where we're going to talk about money and everything money from 6 to, I believe, 6.15. Excellent. And again, that's uh, every Monday at 6 o'clock at 98.9 The Answer. So let's get into the show, Josh. Many people uh, contribute to a 401k through their work. Now, is this bulletproof? Are there drawbacks to relying on on this retirement option? Uh, Well, in short, yes, there are some drawbacks, but let's talk about the benefits or why I think in general 401ks are a great place to invest money. Typically, they are very cost efficient, although I highly recommend everybody look at the fee structure because many times there are fees inside of your 401k that you're unaware of. So while I say on one hand, they are typically very low cost or they have low fees, that isn't always the case. So don't automatically assume that I have a 401k, therefore I have a very low cost option. So you should look into that. But in general, uh, you know, they're very easy to contribute to. You just go on your employer's website typically and say, I'd like to contribute four, five, 10%, whatever the number is. And it just comes directly out of your paycheck. So that's very easy. Uh, For those of you who want to save a lot of money, uh, you can put more money into a 401k than you can put into an IRA. Uh, The limit for an IRA typically right around 6,000 bucks, depending upon your age. Uh, But then you can put 19.5 into a 401k or even more depending upon your age. So two benefits uh, are ease and amount. Uh, The other benefit is also a drawback. And that is your options are already picked for you. So in general, we believe that our 401k provider, or which is our essentially our employer, is picking good options for us to invest in. So they've done some level of due diligence to say, here's your 12 options. We've already done a lot of investigation in these options, and these options are great funds for you to put your money in. Now, the downside of that is maybe or maybe, that, maybe that's true, maybe it's not. But more importantly, you only have 12 options. So it's a double-edged sword. While I believe that they've picked 12 good options or 20 or 5, or it all depends on how many your 401k has, you only have those few select options. And the big challenge typically, Diane, in those options 
are almost all of them are either stock portfolios or bond portfolios. There are no alternative portfolios. And by alternative, I mean fixed, safe, dependable options for those who are very close to retirement. Meaning I'm two years away from retirement. I essentially have the option of being out in the stock market to some capacity, in the bond market to some capacity, or just sitting in cash. I don't have any sort of option that's just going to pay me a two, three, four, five percent guaranteed or, or close to guaranteed rate of return so that I don't have to, you know, as we're entering into this election time, the one thing that I'm hearing more and more day in and day out is people are terrified over what's going to happen with the economy. Whether that's justified or unjustified, they are in fact terrified and they'd like to have an option outside of stocks, bonds, or sitting in cash. I'd like some sort of middle of the road option. And very, very infrequently is that available inside of a 401k. So uh, employers are aware of this. 401k companies are aware of this. And more importantly, the U.S. government is aware of this. So almost all 401k plans allow people to do what's called an in-service rollover or an in-service distribution while they're still working. Usually there's an age limitation, Diane, like 59 and a half. So as long as you're 59 and a half, you can actually take money from your 401k, roll it over to an IRA while you're still working, continue to contribute to your 401k. So nothing changes there. I'm still saving tax dollars. I'm still contributing to my 401k. I'm still getting the benefit of investing in the stock market through dollar cost averaging in my 401k, which we all know is a good thing. But I'd like to take some money off the table. I'd like to roll that to an IRA, which does not cause any adverse tax consequences whatsoever. It's a rollover, a tax-free exchange. Nothing changes. And now I have the availability to invest in any option I want to. So let's just say you have 500000 in your 401k, and you say, I'd like to take 200000 and put it in something safe and secure, or put it in an annuity, or invest it in real estate, or invest it in gold, or whatever options are unavailable to you inside of your 401k. You have the ability to do that while you're still working with no adverse tax consequences, as long as you're a certain age, and as long as your plan document allows it. But I'm here to tell you that 99% of the time, if you're over the age of 59 and a half, your plan document probably allows it and gives you the option to do it. It's just not readily uh, made apparent to you because, let's be honest, the 401k company doesn't want you to pull money out of their 401k because they quit making that fee on it. So they're not going to advertise that you can pull money away from them, but almost always you can. So to answer your question in short form, are 401ks a good investment? Yes. Are there some downsides? Absolutely, in terms of potential fees that you're unaware of and investment options. Are there alternatives that you can take advantage of while you're still working without having any significant tax consequence to you? Absolutely, you can do it with no tax consequence to you as long as your plan document allows for it and we're happy to walk you through the process and your alternatives because now your alternatives are effectively anything that's available to you. Well, and I was gonna ask you if you can help your clients with that because to me, with my 401k, I don't know what's expensive, I don't know what fees are expensive, so I definitely need an expert to help me with that. For sure. We do something called a, a kind of a 401k checkup. And what we do during that is, you know, many times, Diane, people invested their 401ks a long, long time ago, and they really haven't looked at it or changed them. Somebody came to their office and gave them some guidance. We want to take a look and see, are your fees realistic? Are they reasonable? Are you paying too much? Is your asset allocation still where it should be? Or is it where it should have been when you were 25 and now you're 55? And are the investment options that you have available prudent, good, 
five, four, five star investment options, or are they kind of missing, kind of dropping the ball on uh, keeping up with what they should be doing on the administration side? And let's say the fees are too high. What are people's options? Because you don't want to miss out on that matching that your employer gives you. Obviously, you want to go up to the match. You want to take advantage of the tax benefit of putting in pre-tax dollars into a 401k or after-tax dollars, but being able to have that high limit in the Roth side of the, of the, of the category. But you can put in a lot more into a 401k than you can in a traditional IRA. But then what you have the option of doing is taking that money and transferring it or rolling it over into your own self-directed IRA, changing your investment options, lowering your fee structure. So you can effectively get the best of both worlds. I get the match. I get the increased contribution limit, but then I can also have this duality of being able to pull money out of one, you know, out of one pocket, putting it in another pocket with no tax consequences, and increasing my investment options. So you can do both, Diane. But if you can, you still get the match if you roll it over into your own retirement savings account. How how do you still get your employer's match? That's a good question. So every company is different. Sometimes matching will have things like vesting schedules, right? So uh, if you've never looked at that, very oftentimes you'll have in your 401k, it says you have a five-year vesting schedule. So I started with a company, I get a match. If I leave that company in six months, I don't get to keep the match at all. But if I stay with that company for five years, then the match is mine when I leave. Similarly, if you've been with the same company for 10, 15, 20 years, and you go, you know, now I'm, I'm getting a little bit older, I'm now 60 years old, I'm over 59 and a half, I would like to diversify outside of my 401k by being able to invest in options that aren't available inside of my 401k, your uh, match is already vested, more than likely, and you have the availability of doing it, probably, so you can do this rollover with both. Now, sometimes, Diane, they'll say you can take any amount out of the 401k that you contributed, but the match has to stay into the 401k till you retire. The, the short answer is this, Diane. You may have more options available to you than you're aware of, you just have to know where to look and the right questions to ask. And many times it's just available on your 401k website. We can walk you through the process and see if it's an option that's available. Should it be one that you actually might want to use? You know, your 401k might be the best and brightest 401k ever, in which case we're going to take advantage of that. But if it's not, we want to be aware of what our options are so we can do the best for our clients or the best for you to make sure that you reach your objectives. So the, the key here is, Make sure you're aware of your options and make sure you analyze your situation so you're getting the best bang for your buck. And if you would like Josh to uh, give you a second opinion on how your 401k is doing or on your entire retirement portfolio, give the office a call. The number is 614-364-7300. 614-364-7300. The website is aptuswealth.com. So you can take the Aptus Blueprint Challenge. It is a 15-minute phone call with Josh to get a second opinion. In return, he'll give you a $25 gift card to support our local community. Josh, let's talk about, we have a couple of minutes left here, how emotions, our emotions, can be a, a dangerous thing when looking at planning for your retirement. There is no question that we are our own worst enemy most times when it comes to investing. You know, we hear that fear and greed are the two most powerful emotions, and they are no more apparent than when it comes to investing. We hear a friend say, oh, I, I invested in Tesla when it was at X, and now it's at X. And, you know, we feel like we missed out, and we want to be a part of that. So then once Tesla is at this really high number, we go buy it. 
and that's buying high and typically then selling low because what happens after we buy when it's really, really high, not picking on Tesla, just insert company name here, it goes down and now we go, oh, we screwed up. We got to get out because we don't want to lose all our money. We were just, we want to be a part of this excitement. So we end up selling after we lose money. And while that's a very, you know, individualized type example, we do it on a grand scale with things like our 401k. There's a blip in the radar. There's something that happens. Uh, we, we read a book, we, we watch the news, and we think that Armageddon is right around the corner. So we pull all our, you know, we pull a gigantic chunk of our money out of the market. Similarly, we hear that, well, there's no end in sight. We're going to, it's going to be great. Everybody should buy in and we buy back in. And that's usually the wrong time to buy in. The key in investing is buying things that have intrinsic value, meaning not paying too much for companies, having a system in place to manage risk, and having a financial plan or a blueprint to know what do I need to do to actually achieve my goals. And for most people, it's interesting, Diane, when I, when I meet with them, I say, what rate of return do you think you need to get to accomplish all the things that we just got done talking about? And they have no idea. I say, which rate of return would you be comfortable with? And they'll use gigantic numbers. Well, I expect to get a 9 or 10% rate of return, or you'll hear conservative people say, as long as I can get 3 or 4%, I'm happy. When in reality, that rate of return, while it's important, and we want to make sure we maximize rate of return, many times we can lower the risk tolerance, which in turn does lower the rate of return a little bit, but it limits volatility. And that's what people are really terrified of is the bounce in their portfolio. They don't need to achieve these crazy rates of return. They don't need to assume this gigantic risk to be able to achieve their objectives. So their emotions and their, their desire to, their greed of trying to go get more or trying to be a part of the, the in crowd who seems to be doing really well, which by the way, Diane, nobody tells you about their losses. They only tell you about their gains. So they might have 10 other stocks that really, really did terrible, but they'll tell you about the one that knocked the lights out when in reality, they probably didn't get a great rate of return overall. But we hear that and we want to be a part of it, and we do it almost at the jeopardy of our long-term goals. So you have to be disciplined, have a plan, have a blueprint, stick to the blueprint, manage risk, and try and eliminate emotions as much as, as, much as possible, or at least manage them. We invite you to take the Aptus Blueprint Challenge. It's a second opinion on your portfolio. Just schedule a 15-minute call with Josh, and you'll get a $25 gift card to support the local community. The phone number is 614-364-7300, 614-364-7300, and this works best with portfolios of $250,000 and up. The website is aptuswealth.com. You can find out more information there as well as sign up for Josh's newsletter. When we come back after the break, more on social pressure and how it makes you decide when to retire. We'll be back with more at the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick at 98.9 The Answer. To create a successful retirement plan in today's economy, it takes a customized, solutions-based approach. At Aptus Wealth Management, founder Josh Pick calls it the Aptus Blueprint, and it's focused on managing risk instead of chasing returns. If you're working with another advisor or simply want a second opinion, put his team to work for you. To schedule a complimentary consultation to learn more about the Aptus Blueprint process, contact Josh at 614-364-7300 or visit aptuswealth.com. There is no cost or obligation, but space is limited. To start your plan, call 614-364-7300 or visit aptuswealth.com. 
Thanks for listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Welcome back to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. I'm Diane Brennan. Josh, how often do you find that peer social pressure is a factor in deciding when to retire? I know we just talked about um, you know, individual stocks and people listening to their friends and all about their wins and how much uh, emotions play a factor when you're retiring. What about when to retire and, and that peer or social pressure uh, being a factor? Yeah, I, I run into this a lot, particularly with people who just say, I've been, at the, I've been at my employer for the last 30 years and I'm retiring. And it almost is said without any thought. It's just, that's what I'm supposed to do. Or I reach, uh, I've reached the magical age of 65 or 62, or whatever age they had somehow arbitrarily set, and they go, I'm retiring. Okay, have you done any thought into what you're going to do when you retire? Do you have the funds to do it when you retire? What's the impact of, you know, insert millions and millions of, not millions, but several uh, questions, and there's almost no thought that goes into it. Um, and I'm not saying this is with everybody, but, but I run into it more often than you would think. And I don't know if that's pure pressure, I don't know if it's social pressure. I don't know if it's societal norms. I don't know if it's just an arbitrary number that's been set from childhood. I don't know. But that's a very dangerous way to plan for retirement. And the other thing that I run in often, and I think we talked about this last week, Diane, is what about folks that just say, I'm going to live for now and not save anything? And then they may be assigned a time when they want to retire. Or they say, I'm never going to retire. That's another problem. And the reason that's a problem is because if you look at what happened in the pandemic, I just saw a stat that said 42% of older workers who lost their jobs are just going to stay retired. And many more of them have said that if their employers force them to go back to the office, that they believe COVID is a large enough threat to their health based upon their age, that they will in fact retire if that happens. So many times things are beyond your control. Who would have predicted a pandemic as being the reason why you decided to retire earlier than maybe you thought. So there's social pressures that may force you to retire or some sort of bias that may force you to retire earlier than you're ready, maybe. But there are other things that may force you to retire earlier than you're ready. And the real answer, Diane, is you got to do planning and create a blueprint for yourself to make sure you can, in fact, retire. Not I'm going to, but can I is probably the question you should ask first. Then the second question is, do I want to? And what does that look like? For many folks that I see, retirement is no longer pulling the ripcord. It's no longer I'm just going to sail off into the sunset and do my own thing. Many people say, I just don't want to do what I'm still doing. So I want to have the financial independence to be able to make a decision where I'm not going to do the job that I'm currently doing. And I want to do something that I enjoy doing. However, I know that won't be as lucrative as what I'm currently doing. And make sure you set yourself up and you've done the planning so that you have that option available to you. And I highly recommend before you stand at the edge of that cliff with your chute on your back that you pack for the first time, hoping that retirement parachute you packed right and you've never done this before. Before you jump, call my office and find out if, in fact, you're ready. Because it's uh, once you jump, there's no going back up the mountain. Make sure you have your ducks in a row. The number is 614-364-7300, 614-364-7300. The website is aptuswealth.com. So speaking of being ready to jump and can you retire, how do you work with people to find the answer to that question? And 
let's talk about human nature. People think they want to retire. How many of your clients announce they're retiring, they retire, and they're bored out of their gourd with kind of no sense of purpose? Yeah. So the first question in my office that we ask when people say, you know, I'm done. I want to retire. So what are you going to do? And you'd be surprised, Diane, how many times on both sides of the coin, people will say, oh, I'm going to do this, this, and they have it all mapped out and they're ready to go. And you can tell just by looking at them that they're definitely not going to be bored. And they have what they've done is taken their goal-oriented structure that they had during their working years, and they've transitioned it to their retirement years. But the flip side also occurs. And people look at me with a blank face like, what do you mean what am I going to do? I'm going to do nothing. And nothing sounds awesome for about a month. And then nothing turns into extreme boredom. And I think where you're headed down here is, you know, they're just bored out of their gourds. And what are they going to do? And then you see it they start to panic um, and they come back in going, you know, I'm going to get a job or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. So certainly the first question before you retire is what I'm going to, what am I going to do? And that answer could be, I'm going to figure it out as I go, but I'm going to come up with a structured plan on how I'm going to live my life over the next couple of months. And I'm going to move into the next season and transition into the next season of, of my life. And that's fine. But first question, like you said, can I retire? Second question, what are you going to do? And then third question is, can I afford to retire if I don't already know what I'm planning to do? Do I have enough cushion in my retirement income strategy to accommodate for drastic changes that I may come up with? In other words, I'm going to retire and do nothing. Okay. Well, six months into retiring, I realize that I'm really, really into golf or whatever it is. And I'm going to play golf every day. Well, can you afford to play golf every day? Did you calculate that into your retirement plan? Uh, because there's nothing worse than reaching that point, realizing that that's what's going to make you happy, but you can't do it. And, and obviously, this has to go within within limits. But I think you asked me the question initially, how do I go through the process of can I retire? Well, step one, let's look at how you're living today. So let's look at what your budget actually is today. What are you living on? The easiest way to do that is, are you able to pay your bills with what you're getting paid every two weeks or bi-monthly today? If the answer is yes, I'm living just fine, I have tons of comfort, then what is that number that actually hits your checking account every two weeks? And then how much do you have left over at the end? And that very clearly tells us how much you're spending. Uh, so rather than go through and say, I've done this budget and I know exactly I'm going to spend $47 a month on my, on my, uh, my cable bill and I'm going to spend this and this and this, just look at what you're bringing in and what's left over at the end of the month. Now, I know some of that is probably going you know, somewhere you don't even know because you're spending it arbitrarily. But do you really want to stop doing that when you retire? Do you want to continue to live your life with the same sort of reasonable, carefree attitude financially? And the answer is probably yes. So let's find out what that dollar amount is. Then let's take that dollar amount, put it on the top of the page, and start subtracting out things that we know are going to hit your account every month, like Social Security or a pension. And this is obviously pre-figuring out a way to maximize these elements. But let's just start there. What do you have in guaranteed income streams that can offset that income need? And then how much in other assets do you have available to you? And if we allocate them a certain way, how can much money can we derive from those? So it's a very easy approach of how much do you need and then chip away at what you have available and then determine how much longevity you're going to have. And there's other questions that go into the equation, but it's, it's not as difficult as you might think. You just need to know the right questions to ask. And that's what we do day in and day out. We'll ask the right questions. Make sure you maximize things like Social Security, your pension. Make sure you minimize risk while maximizing return. Make sure you take into account inflation. Make sure that if something happens to you and you have a spouse, that the spouse is taken care of. All the questions that seem very obvious on my end, but can be overwhelming if you don't do this for a living. We'll walk you through the whole process very easy, very comfortably.
And I love the fact that you ask your clients to definitely consider their spouse. So it's one thing for you to consider, this is what I'd like to do when I retire. But are you on the same page as your spouse? Yeah, I think it's important to make sure that your spouse is taken care of. And, and shockingly, Diane, I, unfortunately, I guess, many times I am brought into this scenario after a spouse has died. Maybe their kids bring mom or dad to me. And they didn't do proper planning, and it definitely puts a strain on the surviving spouse. We want to take that into account initially, but then secondarily, uh, I think what you're getting at, Diane, because we've talked about it before, is let's make sure that we're both on the same page financially with one another. And that does not mean that we are in total agreement. It's that we've at least had the conversation and we understand where the other person comes from, and we come up with a compromise. Because the two things that ruin marriages, uh, you know, one of the big ones the, the two biggest ones, but the biggest one I think is finance. So we need to make sure that we have the finances in order. Yeah. And that you're both on the same page. He might want to go golfing. She's thinking she's spending uh, her retirement in Europe and, and trotting all over the globe. It happens all the time. Okay. The number to call is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. You can take the Aptus Blueprint Challenge. Josh, let's walk people through for the listeners out there that aren't your clients. And if they want to take a look at, at moving their business to you, what kind of process do you go through with the clients? Yeah, we take a four-step process. It's important that you have a process in place to make sure that we don't miss anything. You remember, it's all about asking the right questions and checking off all the boxes. So step one, we call it the discovery phase. We're just going to ask all the important questions. What do you want to do with the remainder of your life? Including, you know, what resources do you have to get there? But it's a whole hour of just asking a tremendous amount of questions and getting to know our clients. Meeting number two, we call the analysis phase. We're going to look at what you're currently doing and the goals that you gave us in meeting one and see, are you on track? And what landmines along the way could disrupt your travel? And then meeting number three, we call it the blueprint. And we don't call it the plan, we call it the blueprint. I think there's an important distinction. The planning is in meeting one and two. The blueprint is the actual way that you get to where you want to go. We're not planning anymore. We've come up with the solution. So we will cover all of the things that we talked about in meeting one and meeting two, eliminate as much possible roadblocks along the way, and make sure that we've checked off all the boxes, mitigated as much risk as we possibly can. And not until meeting four do we decide if this is a mutually beneficial relationship and do we want to move forward. Because it is a very long-term relationship. We take that seriously. We meet with our clients very often. So we want to make sure that this is a good fit for both of us. And at that point, and not until that point, will we decide if we're going to be uh, you know, in that client-advisor relationship. The website is aptuswealth.com. You can sign up for Josh's newsletter as well. The phone number to schedule is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. And, Josh, I want to talk about the webinars that you offer the public, too, to get more information. We do webinars about every two weeks, sometimes more often than that. They can cover topics from when should I take Social Security, how do I maximize my Social Security, to how do I minimize taxes on my 401k IRAs, uh, does a Roth IRA conversion make sense to us, uh, and many more. So we're covering many, many topics that are important to anybody that's in the retirement arena. Um, and there's no limit to how many people we can actually get in front of with these, which is much better than we, when we used to do them at libraries, per se, uh, for instance, is there's only so many seats in the room. So call our office, uh, ask when the next one is, we'll get you signed up. There's no cost or obligation to, to join a webinar. 
but uh, I think you'll find the information helpful. The number again is 614-364-7300, 614-364-7300. The website is aptuswealth.com. When we come back, more of the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. We'll be back with more at the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick at 98.9 The Answer. Thanks for listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Welcome back to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. I'm Diane Brennan. Josh, what are some outdated ways of thinking or rules of thumb that people need to be careful of when planning for retirement? I think there's two rules of thumb. Uh, One is the ones that are outdated. The other ones are the ones that just seem to pop up out of nowhere. And I run into those all the time. And by that, I mean, well, I talked to my friend at work and they said X. And usually that X is you should always collect your Social Security at a certain age. And it's a blanketed statement across all categories that has no applicability to your scenario whatsoever. They don't know what your family's life expectancy looks like. They don't know what your tax situation looks like. They don't really know much of anything about you. But they'll say something, and they'll say it with enough conviction that you believe it, particularly if this is not your wheelhouse. So I run into those, Diane, all the time. And uh, it can be frustrating at times because there's no merit to them whatsoever. But if you hear them enough times with enough conviction, you start to believe it, right? You should never do this. Well, I've heard it 75 times at work, so clearly I shouldn't do that. And there may be no merit to that whatsoever. So rule number one, I would say, when it comes to rules of thumb or made-up rules of thumb that you don't know are made up, is anytime you you hear somebody say, always do X, tread lightly and speak with somebody else who can give you both sides of that argument. So be careful in the investment world of always do X. But I think what you're speaking of specifically is general rules of thumb that have been industry standards for a really long time. So this isn't somebody at work, but this is somebody in my occupation saying, uh, and researchers saying, this is, a, this is the way it should work. And are some of those outdated? I'll pick the most common one uh, that there's been a lot of deliberation over recently, and that's the 4% rule. The 4% rule has been around for decades, uh, and if those of you don't know what that is, It effectively is if you have a portfolio of stocks and bonds, 60% effectively being in stocks of some kind and 40% being in the bond market, as long as you keep that portfolio effectively stagnant, you just leave it like that, 60-40, and as long as you don't take out more than 4% of that portfolio, that you will not run out of money for the remainder of your life. Uh, In the example that they used, it was a 25-year retirement, retiring at 65, uh, living to 90. Um, This is the study that that everybody kind of points to. And you can also adjust for inflation. So 60-40 stocks to bonds, 4% withdrawal rate, adjust for inflation, never run out of money in my retirement. And there's some debate now as to whether or not that will hold. And the reason there's a debate, you would say 4% seems like a very mediocre rate of return. The reason there's debate is twofold. One, on the stock side, volatility is really picked up. So you have things like COVID, you have 2001, 2002, you have the financial crisis of 2008. Volatility, while is not that detrimental other than emotionally while you're growing your pot of money, 
you know, it can it can be terrifying when you lose half your money uh, like you did basically in 2008 if you were in the S&P 500. That can be very terrifying. But as long as you were re retiring in 2008, by today, you've done very, very well. But when you retire and you start withdrawing money, that level of volatility can have an incredibly negative impact. So one reason, volatility and the increase in volatility over the years. And the big reason, uh, probably bigger than the first, bigger than volatility, is interest rates. The bond market has been uh, a very safe place to be over the last 25, 30 years because essentially interest rates have gone down over the last 25, 30 years. And as interest rates go down, bond rates or, or bonds and interest rates are inversely proportional, meaning as interest rates go down, it's good for bonds. It might not be good in the interest rate that they pay, but it's good when you buy and sell them, essentially. So you've been able to offset a lot of that volatility by having 40% in bonds. It's added a lot of stability to your portfolio, and you've done very well in the bond market. In fact, until recently, if you look over the 20-year time periods, you would have been better off as a rate of return even, not even volatility, but the rate of return you would have earned in a 60-40 bond portfolio was better than 100% in stocks, which seems counterintuitive. I'm taking a lot less risk and actually getting more reward for it, which if we could all pull that off in the stock market, everybody would be happy, right? And it's actually occurred. But the big debate now, Diane, is moving forward. We've pulled the lever of lowering interest rates about as much as we possibly can. The 10-year U.S. Treasury is below, well below 1%. So how much lower can we lower interest rates? And if we can't, then that means our bond portfolio is earning very, very low amounts unless something dramatic occurs where the demand becomes significant. And I'm sure for a lot of people right now, Diane, I'm kind of nerding out on this topic a little too much and people are scratching their head going, I have no idea what, he, no idea what he's talking about. I think the important takeaway here is what has worked in the past may work in the future, but there's a lot of deliberation and debate over whether or not that's going to be a truly safe play with the outcome that you want. So we have to start stretching our wings, looking at other strategies that don't take on more risk, but perhaps offer us more stability and more inflation protection for the longevity that we're living. There's never been a better time to live, arguably, if you look at how long we live and the standard of living that we have. But that also adds an element of we live a really long time and we got to make sure that our money doesn't run out. So there is a lot of debate over that rule of thumb. And we'll walk you through, but again, both sides, like I started, let's cover, you go down this path or you go down a different path, which one offers more benefit to you. And ultimately through that education process, you become the one that makes that decision. If you would like a second opinion on your retirement portfolio, or if you have questions about anything Josh has been talking about, we invite you to take the Aptus Blueprint Challenge. It's a 15-minute phone call with Josh to get a second opinion. In return, he'll give you a $25 gift card to spend in our local community. The number is 614-364-7300, 614-364-7300. The website is aptuswealth.com. You can go on there and sign up for Josh's newsletter. Josh, what are the major differences in retirement planning for someone who is single or, you know, someone who's married and someone who's divorced? Well, I would be remiss if I didn't say that the clear difference as a married guy is you're going to be a lot happier in your retirement if you're married right now. I'm just kidding. Uh, you better not be kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not to say that you can't be happy being single, right? 
But I think financially, the big things that you have to look out for, and we talked about this a little bit earlier today too, is making sure if you're married that if something happens to you, that your spouse can carry on financially. So, you know, if you're single, you're, you're essentially planning for your own life. When you pass away, sure, you might want to leave something to uh, your beneficiaries, whether those are children from a, a divorced relationship or, uh, you know, a family member. But ultimately, the buck stops with you. Um, you're, you know, you don't need to provide, you don't necessarily need to provide for somebody else unless you have dependent children. When you're married, that's a different story. And that changes things dramatically in how you collect social security, how you might collect a pension. You know, I had a client recently that unbeknownst to him, many, many years ago, when he elected his pension benefit, he picked a single life. And he picked a single life because he didn't even know what the difference was. Now, I'm sure you could sit back and go, well, ignorance is no excuse. And that's true, but he just didn't really know. So they offered him his pension options, and he goes, well, clearly I'm going to go with the biggest option, which is a single life payout. But single life payout means when he died, nobody gets anything anymore. So now he has a wife, and his pension was significant. It was almost $5,000 a month, and his wife is now out $5,000 a month moving forward. That's a significant strain on the rest of their retirement assets. So clearly everything changes when you're married and planning for everything. Um, so you talked about other things like getting uh, the married couple on the same page, making sure that they understand what the, the hopes, dreams, goals uh, are of each person, and making sure that they both are comfortable with, with that decision so that there's no animosity between the two. There's a lot of things that change. Uh, when you include a spouse. So it's important to know what those are and address them because many times they go unsaid and no spouse wants to bring up a topic that they know is going to tick off the other spouse necessarily in front of their investment advisor. So it's our job to ask the questions in a way that creates a dialogue rather than an argument. And what are one of those questions that well, I think first you ask, you know, what does retirement look like for you? And you ask it independently. And then secondly, it's important to go through the math. And this is probably the most common one that I, that I encounter, Diane, is there's a saver and a spender. And they're in the same relationship. And the saver believes that there's no amount of money that's too much money to have because they're overly cautious. So they're terrified about running out of money. Whereas the spender sometimes believes that everything will work out. I don't know what you're so worried about. And you have this dichotomy of opinions where one person is kind of irrational and thinking that there's no amount of money that's enough. And the other person is similarly irrational saying, it doesn't matter if we have any money, we'll be just fine. And the answer is somewhere in the middle. So by doing the math and saying, these are the actual, here's, here's the, the lines on the edge of the street. As long as we stay within these lines, we'll be fine. So you uh, over on one side thinking everything will be fine. It won't. If we cross this line, it will not be fine. And the other person saying that we can't spend any money, you say, that's not true either. As long as we stay within this other line, we'll be just fine. So now we have to compromise in the middle. So th the math, I think, is the best solution to that conversation. But you need to ask a lot of questions before you get to the math so that you can regurgitate the, not regurgitate, but you can give that information back to them in words that they will understand and words that resonate with them. Um, and I think, you know, after doing this for 20 years, I'm pretty darn good at it. Well, and I was going to say, of all your clients, how many are not on the same page? Or do you find mostly husbands and wives are pretty much have the same saving philosophy? 
I would say it is a very, very rare occurrence that they're both on the same page. Um, and, you know, the severity ranges dramatically, but almost always, um, and they say opposites attract, maybe that's true, and maybe that's why this occurs, but there's almost always a disparity of opinions on what should be done moving forward. How many times are they realizing that just in front of you? This is the first time they've ever talked about it. They've usually talked about it, but usually not with much success. I will tell you one of the funniest things that happens very, very often is the wife kind of giving a joking punch in the arm to the, to the husband going, I told you so, and then not realizing that five minutes later, uh, the same thing's coming back around the other horn. Uh, I'm not just agreeing with one person. I'm agreeing with both, but we need to get on the same page. So that realization that, you know, while I thought I was right and I thought I was right, we were both kind of wrong, that the answer is somewhere in the middle. That happens very, very often right in front of me. All right, couples out there, we invite you to uh, talk to Josh and and settle this between you and your spouse. (laughs) The number to call is 614-364-7300, We invite you to take the Aptus Blueprint Challenge. It is a second opinion on your portfolio. It's a 15-minute call with Josh, and you'll receive a $25 gift card to support our local community. We'll be back with more of the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. We'll be back with more at the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick at 98.9 The Answer. To create a successful retirement plan in today's economy, it takes a customized, solutions-based approach. At Aptus Wealth Management, founder Josh Pick calls it the Aptus Blueprint, and it's focused on managing risk instead of chasing returns. If you're working with another advisor or simply want a second opinion, put his team to work for you. To schedule a complimentary consultation to learn more about the Aptus Blueprint process, contact Josh at 614-364-7300 or visit aptuswealth.com. There is no cost or obligation, but space is limited. To start your plan, call 614-364-7300. 7300 or visit aptuswealth.com. Thanks for listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. Welcome back to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. I'm Diane Brennan. Josh, do you often find people have sources of retirement savings that they didn't even know they had? I wish that would happen to me, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Ironically, I don't think I've ever been asked that before, but the answer is more than you'd think, um, which is, is, I know it comes as probably quite a shock to most that you had this money out there that you didn't even realize you had. But uh, very oftentimes, particularly in today's world where people are shifting jobs uh, more often than, say, 30 years ago, people have 401ks that they didn't even remember they had. Um, so they, they joined up for their 401k, they only contributed for six or eight months, and then they left, and they kind of forgot about it. And we'll find these old 401ks. Now, do they typically have, you know, a million dollars in it? No, but I mean, I've found some with thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 in it that people didn't, they kind of forgot about. Um, and the other one that's very, very common is pensions. People forget they had a pension because they worked for a company 30 years ago that contributed on their behalf to a pension. And they couldn't take it with them because you have to collect it as a pension. And you're not eligible to collect the pension until you're, say, let's say 65. So they completely forgot about it. You know, I used to work for this old Bell South telephone company or something. And lo and behold, I called them 30 years later. And I have a pension at $233 a month for the rest of my life. Um, It happens more often than you think. So I highly recommend that 
as part of the process in retirement planning, you write down all the places you've worked, and then we can find out, do those places have a pension, and should we go digging? Should we, should we check it out? The other thing that happens oftentimes uh, that can be difficult, and I recommend all my clients um, write down all of their accounts and put them somewhere, you know, in case of emergency, break glass, you know, pull out this list of accounts. Uh, write them down in the event that, and this is kind of a, a sad state of affairs, but in the event that something happens to you and you unexpectedly pass away, the labyrinth of trying to unravel all of the places where somebody has money, even though you've assigned beneficiaries, can be very, very difficult. I'll give you an example. Uh, I had a client pass away very unexpectedly of a heart attack. He was in his early 60s, and he had one child. He was divorced. I managed half of his money. He managed the other half. He kept no records whatsoever of the other half of the money, and he signed up for online statements. Well, nobody knew what his email was. Nobody knew where the money was. Nobody knew any of his passwords, so he didn't get anything in the mail. It took us two years to find all the locations where he had all of this money, and it was about a half a million dollars, Diane. He had all this money stashed out there. His son was, in fact, the beneficiary. We just didn't know where it was. So make sure you uh, not only track your old employers for your own benefit while you're alive, but make sure you write down a list of all of the assets that you have to some capacity. In the event that something happens, your beneficiaries don't just leave the money that you worked so hard for just out there in the ether doing nothing. Um, so both are, both are very, very, I wouldn't say common, but more common than you would think. And just imagine the amount of unclaimed money that's out there. Oh, it's, it's a tremendous amount. And to my knowledge, there's no you know, unclaimed money uh, lookup database. You know? So you just got to keep track of it or... So it's up to it just it's up to goes the, away. yeah it's up to the family to go to each just guess on companies and just call and find out if their loved one had accounts there. That's the only way you could absolutely find that out. Yeah, and unfortunately, they won't really tell you. So in that scenario that I gave you, we would call financial institutions about five to ten every Friday and say, you know, I'm not the investment advisor on this account. I know you can't give me any information. But I want to give you a social security number and just see if you have an account on file for this person. And they would say yes. Then we would have to send in a, you know, a notarized letter with a death certificate just for them to come back and go, yeah, they have one, but it doesn't have any money in it. They transferred it to this other institution. Well, here we go. Going on the, on the wild goose chase some more. And it just takes a lot of time. And it would have been circumvented in its entirety by just having a list of where all your money is. If you'd like a second opinion on your retirement portfolio, we invite you to take the Aptis Retirement Blueprint Challenge. It's a 15-minute phone call with Josh to get a second opinion. In return, he'll also give you a $25 gift card to spend in our local community. The number is 614-364-7300. 614-364-7300. The website is aptiswealth.com. And Josh, every Monday you are joining Bruce Hooley for Money Mondays at 6 o'clock on 98.9 The Answer. Just want to let everybody know about that, that not only can they hear you over the weekends with your own show, but you'll be joining Bruce for that segment. Yes, you can. I'm really excited about it. Uh, Bruce is kind of a, big, uh, a very household name in Columbus, so uh, I'm looking forward to adding to his show. We talk a lot about managing and mitigating risk a lot, but should we be concerned about being hooked on risk tolerance? 
Absolutely is the answer, and, and here's why. You know, I think we've become so, I took a test that told me this is where I should be, so that's where I should be, and the test was eight questions. I don't think you can synopsize somebody in eight questions. Uh, you know, when do you want to retire? If this is the risk tolerance questionnaire stuff that I'm, all, I'm sure most of us are familiar with. If the stock market fell by 30%, would you become more comfortable with 20%, 10%, 5%? It's all these kind of, well, I'd be more comfortable with 0%. I'd prefer not to lose any of my money. But on the flip side, I'd like to get the highest rate of return possible. When do you plan on retiring? Would, you know, it's all these just makeshift arbitrary questions. And while those are a good gauge to start, they leave out a lot of questions about you that only you know. And I think you have to have a human dialogue to find out. Like, for example... If you're not going to retire until 2050, Vanguard or you know, Merrill Lynch or any of these companies that have the 2050 lifestyle fund that just says if you're going to retire in 2050, put all your money in the 2050 fund, that doesn't necessarily tell you what the glide path of your investment account is going to look like. It doesn't tell you in the event that there's a pullback in the market of 40%, what's my investment account going to do in the 2050 fund? Now, you would make some assumptions like the 2040 fund is probably more conservative than the 2050 fund. But those are just that. They're assumptions. Many times those accounts look very identical at different time periods. So you have to speak with somebody that says, and you have to be honest with yourself, that how much volatility can I mentally handle? In other words, yeah, I understand I should be in this aggressive portfolio that's in the 2060 or 2050 fund, but if I lost 30% of my money in the next 30 days, could I even stay in the market to realize the bounce back? Or would that just be so emotionally damaging that I couldn't do it anymore? And there's only one thing worse than having all of your money in cash. And that's having all of your money in the market, watching 30% of it go away, and then moving it all into cash. Because you're never going to get that 30% back. You just played it a loser's game. So I think you need to analyze your, uh, your time frame on whether you can take risk but then also have an, a, a, a real heart-to-heart -heart with yourself to say, can I handle the risk? And oftentimes the answer is no, and that's okay. But I feel like, remember those rules of thumb we talked about earlier and that peer pressure we talked about earlier, we feel like we should do certain things because that's what we're being told we're kind of supposed to do, and that's what our peers are telling us, and that's just, it seems like the rule of thumb. I should have all my money in the stock market because I'm 25. While risk relative to time is definitely related and you could be very aggressive and uh, very quote unquote risky when you're 25, it doesn't mean that you necessarily need to be or that you can handle being that. And the flip side is also true. So I think it's important to not only analyze as a general guide where I should be based upon my situation, but do I have to take that amount of risk to achieve my goals? If I don't have to, would I prefer not to? Or am I comfortable with that level of volatility? And the list of questions that correlate to this go on and on, Diane. But I think that, that illustrates the point of don't just take a eight-question questionnaire and assume that that's what you should do for the remainder of your life. There's nothing in your life that you would take eight an eight-question questionnaire on and, and bank. That's what you should do. Right. So don't do it with your investments. What, do you, what advice do you have people who are young that should be a little bit more uh, – take a little bit more of a risk, but their personality is one that they feel more comfortable in more conservative investments. Do you 
say, okay, it's what you feel comfortable with, or do you explain to them the benefits of taking a little bit more risk? How do you handle that? Well, you definitely explain the benefits, and you try and ease their fears with statistical data and historical facts, and that you know risk is relative to time. And we can go through terrible time periods, the Great Depression, you know, the financial crisis, the dot-com bubble, Black Monday. We can, we can illustrate historically how even if you invested at the worst possible time, 20, 30 years from now, you're better off being there than you are being anywhere else. So we can illustrate that. But at the end of the day, certain people just aren't risk takers. And by risk takers, I know that sounds like gamblers, but they're not the type of folks who can handle extreme volatility. We define it as risk, but really it's volatility. They can't handle that level of fluctuation in their portfolio. And that's okay. You don't have to be the same as everybody else in investing or anything else in life. So what we do in that scenario is say, fine, if we back off the risk and you continue to invest at the rate that you're at, this is what your retirement picture looks like. And if it's too close, Diane, where they can't retire at that rate of return, then we say you have two choices. You can continue with your reduced level of risk, which is fine, but you have to start saving more money. But the predictable outcome becomes a lot more predictable, obviously, because we're not taking near as much risk, so there's not as much volatility. So the benefit is very predictable, but you have to, the downside is you have to save more. And then the flip side is true on the other side, and we leave it up to them to decide. The key in my business is education and letting people choose their own path, but you don't know what your options are until they're told to you. And we want to make sure that you make informed decisions. How difficult is it for you to watch someone be too conservative that it's harming them? Uh, not at all. It's much more difficult for somebody to lie to themselves and in turn, you know, I guess through proxy lie to me and say that they can handle that level of volatility and then watch them make poor decisions by emotionally making the decision to pull out at a really bad time. Again, the only thing worse than having all of your money in cash is having all of your money in the stock market pulling it out at the worst time and putting it in cash because then you don't have nearly as much as if you would have just left it in cash to begin with. So I think it's important to know who you are, invest accordingly, and just make sure that you have a plan in place that gets you to where you want to go. Not everybody's plan has to be the same. Not everybody has to have a plan that's based upon their age or any of that kind of stuff. It has to be based upon getting you to your goals. And we can get there at a 3% rate of return or we can get there at an 8% rate of return. It depends on what you can handle. For those listening, if you would like Josh to take a look at your plan, if you would like to come up with one and learn strategies to manage risk and to schedule your own personalized planning session, or to take the Aptis Blueprint Challenge, give Josh's office a call. The number is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. The website is aptiswealth.com. If you take the challenge, just schedule a call with Josh. It's 15 minutes or so, and he can give you a second opinion on how your portfolio is doing. In return, they'll give you a $25 gift card to support our local community. And also catch Josh joining Bruce Hooley every Monday for Money Mondays on 98.9 The Answer at 6 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with host Josh Pick. Josh helps guide his clients through retirement by managing risk instead of chasing returns. He calls it a blueprint, and you can get started at no cost or obligation. Give the team at Aptus Wealth a call today to schedule your consultation at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300 or online at aptuswealth.com. That's A-P-T-U-S wealth.com. To learn strategies to manage risk in the new economy, join us again next weekend right here at 98.9 The Answer.
Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company. 